welcome to Out of the Arts Podcast. All the world's a stage, and attorney Rachia Turner is the star. She has gone from acting to practicing law to running her own law firm and doesn't let fears or barriers get in the way. Adaptability, collaboration, and even memorization are just some of the skills that she has carried with her from theater school through law school and into her life as a successful attorney and business owner. Visit us at outoftheyards.com for more free job transition resources. Make sure to check out our services tab for personalized support and subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening to this so you can stay up to date. Join us now for a conversation with Rishia about how you can continue to be an actor even after you've stopped pursuing acting. So, Rishia is my boss. She is the Turner of Wallace Turner Law. And we're, I think we're having a good time really working to build up this firm. Yeah, I'm having a good time. I see what you do every day, day in and day out. You're nonstop all the time. You're working so, so, so hard to build this firm. And it's amazing to watch. I, you're like an Energizer bunny. But I also know you went to theater school. You started out in performing. And I have some friends in common that I know from performing and the opera world. So can you start us off with a little bit about how you got into theater and then how you went from theater to law? I went to Russell State College. And what was the degree? Was it a BA? I got a BA and I um, designed my own major and it was called Theater in Society. Let's talk about that. I didn't realize you had said theater and dance. And so I thought you just kind of went the traditional theater and dance route. But theater and society is something very different. It is different. And it's, it's beautiful because people love to be entertained. But we have so many important messages that we need to get out. And so to get those messages out, theater is like, it's phenomenal because people are connected. I mean, I did shows about, I did one show when I was at Russell Sage College and it was about my butt, literally my ass. I'm black and people expected black women to have these big butts and I just didn't fit that thing. And it was just the whole thing. My whole piece was about like my ass and why it wasn't big enough and why I didn't fit in. We had another one in one of my, um, Someone else in the play, they were talking about, you know, body image. You know what I mean? And while we're never good enough and having an eating disorder and how it affects us and people don't understand. And it was like, you know, I hurt too. We all hurt. I've done shows about gun violence for a target audience. That I think it was at Shenandoah School. And so it's like meeting people where they are. So things are going, a lot of things are going on with Black Lives Matter, right? If I was still performing to this day, I would be doing a play about Black Lives Matter and what's happening around the world. You know, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Edward Ferguson, all of those, everything I did would be surrounding that, that topic, that issue, something that we're facing, you know, or something even more pleasant, like, you know, Kamala becoming vice president. That's like major, you know, and we can get all of that out theater. And I think it's wonderful that, you know, 
kids love being entertained. They love shows and things like that. We can teach them so much about history and life through performance. And they're going to remember those things. And so through theater, I wanted to effectuate change. And so that's why I came up with the major theater and society. Because I wasn't doing it just for the sake of doing it. Because that's not real. It's, it's fake. You know what I mean? Anybody can do a Shakespeare play. Anybody can do any other type of play. But when you, you're making it personal, it's different. People will come up to me after shows and they would be like, oh my God. Like, that's me. Like, I feel that. Thank you for that. It's, it's real. I love that so much. And that's part of, similarly, why I kind of strayed from the traditional opera world. Because there's only so much you can do and say. And I wanted to say so much more and relate to so much more and tell different stories. And that's how I ended up going in the the communications and, and writing route. And then eventually that led me to the legal field and, and you know, relating to people and, and telling stories and, and all of that. And I'm so glad to hear I... I never realized that your degree was theater and society, and I love that it's more for you. Well, and while you were in school, you had been performing, you had gotten onto some big stages. What was that like? It's regular. I was supposed to be there. It felt normal to me. The feeling was good. The rush was good. You know, like acting for me, it, it, it's, a, it's like a, it's a passion. It's like it runs through my blood. And so it's like it's like me taking air. And so when I wasn't performing, it was like I almost couldn't breathe. And so I was always itching for my next opportunity. So whenever I would get on stage or whenever I would record anything, it's like I can breathe again. Yeah, dramatic, but here we are. <laughs> no, but I totally understand that feeling too. But then we eventually both took a step away from performing full time. You went into the legal field. Can you kind of navigate us through that choice and that path for you? So I always thought about being an attorney, but the only thing, honestly, I cared about is acting. Like it was my plan A, my plan B, my plan C. I didn't care about any other plans. So when I was in my last year of undergrad, um, in my last year preparing to move to Georgia, um, I had a friend named Kamisha Richards. And so she was preparing to go to law school. And in that transition period of her preparing to go to law school, she was murdered. That made me like sit down and think. And I'm like, damn, you know, she went to college. She did all of this. She was about to, you know, take the next step. I said, I always wanted to be a lawyer. Now I don't know anybody that's going to be a lawyer, you know. And when she passed away, it was a feeling of helplessness because we didn't know any lawyers. We didn't know many black educated people and I felt like I didn't have anyone to turn to for answers and I'm like I don't want to feel like this I'm like I already have the degree I can do more I was in Georgia and I was acting and I'm like this is always going to be here no one can take this away from me but I want to try to do a little bit I want to try to do a little bit I know nothing I did was going to bring Kamisha back but I'm like at least I can be a resource to my community and others that look like me you know, and acting is always going to be there. Nobody can take it away from me. And so I'm like, you know, I am going to go to law school. It was always something I wanted to do. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. It's, what is it? Memorizing stuff in front of people. That's easy. 
when you perform, you got to remember a thousand lines. I'm like, I can do this with my eyes closed. So that's what I did. Since you didn't have a history degree, you didn't do any law in your undergrad, how did you successfully apply to law school not having done that traditional route? I didn't do any of that. I took whatever class that was going to give me an A. <laughs> that's, that's what I did. Um, but I like to think I'm, I'm smart and I'm a fast learner. I graduated high school a year early. I took day school, night school, online class, and I worked at McDonald's. Law school, what people told me about it a lot was that it was, it was a lot of studying, a lot of memorization. And so for me, that was a no-brainer. Because when you're in law school, they're you know, they want you to think outside the box, but they're really still in that same box. And so the reality of it is if you can figure out a way to study and memorize things, that's the only thing that's making its way to the paper. <laughs> you know, certain things you got to be logical and come up with different reasoning. But what you're learning in law school is the books. It's the law. The law is the law. It's not going to change. So if you can necessarily memorize the law, you're good. And then you can apply it to different situations. And so I can take... I love myself and I can put it on different, different platforms. I can do it happy. I can do it sad. I can do it sleepy. I can do it. And that's literally what you're doing with the law. You're applying it in different fact patterns, but you just got to remember what the law is. And as performers, we can memorize things. That's not the problem. You just got to be able to apply that on different stages. <laughs> and so that was fun. I was like, when I figured that out, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so much fun. Literally, my entrance essay we had to write, I wrote a play. I wrote a play for my um, statement because I knew I was at a disadvantage, but I knew if I could get them to hear me, I was going to get in. And so it started with, you know, stage black. She enters from stage left. The lights rise on her. And then the play, you know, is switched over. And then, you know, I ended exiting stage right and the lights dimming down. That literally was what was in my blooper. Because that's who I am. I'm a performer. And so I did my personal thing in acts. That is brilliant. That is so smart. That's all I actually knew how to do, though. I'm not even going to lie. I, <laughs> it was fun. It was, it was fun to write. It was fun to write. What about starting a firm and doing what you're doing? Because when you, when you are starting your own firm, it's not just about the legal work. You're doing business development, you're doing marketing, you're doing everything. And what about your theater background do you feel has prepared you for that? In theater, you know, as a performer, you can wear many different hats. You can stand in for your colleagues. You know, you're switching in and out of role. And a dream of mine was always to do a one-woman show. Granted, I'm in a partnership and I have you, Amy, as my paralegal, but in my brain, it's like, this is, this is a performance. You know what I mean? I get to be this person, this person, this person. And so, you know, that's fun. Some days it's, it's taxing, but it's a show. It's a show and everyone has their role in the show. Sometimes I'm the stage manager. Sometimes I'm the director. And sometimes, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the star, but a lot of the times I'm, I'm just playing multiple roles. And um, theater has given me the ability to adapt. And when I say adapt, you know, we all want the main role for the most part. We all want to be the star of the show. 
And when you don't get to be the star of the show, at least for me, it was very disappointing. But I had to adapt and take on another role because that was necessary. And so I know how to play my position for the bigger picture. That's very cool. And something that we don't talk about enough, I think that we try to, but the concept that without the smaller roles, the bigger roles don't exist. And you took that concept and elevated it to running your own business. That's amazing. I know you have a major appreciation for artists and people with a theater background. You have, well, obviously you hired me. And then you have at one point said, as you're hiring for a new role, that you would like to have another person with a theater background who is collaborative and friendly and adaptable. As an employer, how do you feel creatives and people with artistic backgrounds can really, you know, give something to your business? I'm all about transferable skills. So many skills are transferable. And at least in a legal field, a lot of it is about communication and communicating effectively, even when things are like tense. Amy, sometimes we have like really bad days, mm-hmm. but we're able to like suck it in and still put the best face on. You know, I could be crying my eyes out and I can go in front of someone two seconds later. You would never know because yep. I know how to cut it off and I know how to turn it on. And so these past two weeks, I had like really bad days. But I know how to turn it off and I know how to get the job done. And so when you're a performer, you know how to flip that switch. People don't know how to necessarily flip that switch. You know, I can I can be bawling my eyes out and someone can call me the other line and I'm just going to, hi, how are you? Yeah, they hang up back to bawling my eyes out. But I need someone that can be relatable. You know, and so I look for that. And when you're a performer, you're connected. You're connecting to people, even people you don't necessarily mesh with, but you lure them in to make them think you're meshing and it's only about them because it's not that serious, you know? And I think having someone that's a performer, they know when they're working, they're just in a role and then they know how to end that role and then now they're going to be in another role and they're going to go into the next part. They're going to go into the next act. So maybe when you're home, you're getting ready in the morning before work, that's act one. When you come into work, that's act two. But when work is done, that's act three. You're going home. You know how to turn it, you know how to keep it moving. You know, and people, I think in the regular world, because I'm going to say the theater world is exclusive, they don't know how to turn it off. What is your favorite part about practicing law? I mean, I like the customer service aspect of it. I like making people feel heard. I, I want people to know that, that I hear them. Whether I agree with them or not, I want them to know that they're being heard. And so I would say that's my, that's my favorite, that's my favorite, no, you know what, I'm lying. You know what my favorite part is? Getting paid for my opinion. I literally <laughs> get paid for my opinion. That, that part, that one right there, getting paid for my opinion. You know how people will be like, well, no one asked you. No one cares about your opinion. No, they care if they paid for it. That's crazy. Can you tell me why you opened your own practice? Did you work for someone else first or did you just hop into, I'm going to own my own practice? Um, when I was in law school, I wanted to own my own practice and I took courses geared towards that. But then I was, I was afraid 
but I still wanted my own practice because I'm like, you don't accumulate this amount of debt to still have to work for someone. It's ridiculous. But I did work at other firms that I didn't necessarily love. And once again, I was like, you know, you don't accumulate this much debt to not be in control of your own destiny. And I wanted to be in control of my own destiny. I wanted to do things how I wanted them to be done. Whether people agree with them or not, I do things non-traditionally and it works for me. And I feel like there was a, you know, there's a lane for it. I remember in my interview, we were, you'd asked me if I had any questions and I asked, you know, how did you two, you and Kim decide to start working together? And I think your answer to that was like, I just went up to Kim and told her that we were starting a firm and now here we are. <laughs> That is really what, that's like really what happened. At a silent auction, we were standing next to each other and it was a networking event as well. And I introduced myself to her. I told her, you know, at the time I was working at the public defender's office. I said, I'm Ray. I'm a local attorney. I work at the public defender's office. And she was like, what? Oh my God. My name is Kim. I'm a local attorney and I work at the public defender's office. And I was like, are you serious? And I was like, we're going to open up a firm together and take over the world. She was looking at me like, this girl is crazy. And I'm like, no, we are. And that's, that's what we did. <laughs> and it's great, too, when you find the right person. Beth and I talk about this a lot, too, because you and Kim have the introvert-extrovert pairing as well. Obviously, Ray is the extrovert, and Kim is the more introverted one. <laughs> but... But Beth and I have that too, and we balance each other in that way. And I think that's so important that, you know, we're able to to find someone that you can just kind of work with. Absolutely. And Kim does not have a theater or performing background in any way, shape, or form, right? She does not. <laughs> and yet... You two work so well together and have similar ideas and have similar values and balance each other out really nicely. Do you find that your your theater background and performing background in any way like helps or hinders that partnership? I would say I think it I think it helps. And the reason that I say that is because we don't always agree. A lot of times we disagree, but you know, like say, say I got a role, right? And I can be a few different things. I can be happy. I can be happy. Like, oh my God, I'm so happy. And then I can be happy. Like, oh my God, I'm so happy. And as an artist, you figure out which type of happy, you know, you want to be. And so sometimes when Kim does things the way she does, and I'm like, I don't know why she's doing it that way. I step back and I look at her development into how she got to where she is. And I'm like, okay, that's her transition. That's, that's how she does that. But I think performing, performing, it, it's a partnership. It's, it's a, it's a group effort. It's not a single member thing. I can be the lead of the show and she could be supporting or it can be vice versa, but we have to support one another and we have to be on the same page. And so my relationship with Kim is I'm always trying to figure out how to get on the same page. And then my relationship with Kim, for me, I don't feel like when I agree with her, when I want to do something else, I don't necessarily feel it's a compromise. 
I feel like I'm doing what I need to do to keep the ball rolling and to keep the show going. Because I know I can adapt a lot easier than she can. You can tell me I'm going to be the leading role one day. Then you can tell me I'm going to be the supporting role. And then you can find a better artist. And then I'm off the stage in his entirety. And I'm okay with that. Because I know there's a time and a place for everything. And so I think that helps my relationship with Kim. And then the fact that I'm so... I'm not going to say I'm not a person that doesn't care about things. I can brush things off, like, really fast. Things that may affect people a little bit longer, I'm I'm on to the next. I'm not going to give anybody that much of my energy. And so, I, and I think that helps Kim because I'm so nonchalant about a lot of things. But then when I need to be serious, <laughs> I just put that hat on and I can be that person. A lot of people don't have that skill naturally. It is something that we have to learn along the way. Is that something that you've always been able to do? Um, I haven't always been able to do that. It's funny. I watched a movie, and it was about some men in prison, and it was a woman. She was like language arts slash poet teacher. She would go up to to the prison all the time, and she had like a whole section when she was just like talking to the men and like pouring her heart out. And she was kind of saying things like, it's okay that you guys are prisoners, you know, and it sucks that people see your face on, you know, in a newspaper, they think you're monsters, you're not really monsters. But when she ended it, she was like, she was crying. She was just like, you gotta let that shit go. Because when you let it go, it doesn't hold you back anymore. And then you can say, I am worthy, I am strong, I can do these things. But when you harbor over shit that you cannot control, it doesn't get you anywhere. So me, I'm just like, forget it. You know, let it go. Keep it pushing. Because I'm a person, I do like to be in control. And I know I can't be in control of certain things. And so I'm like, okay, let me just let it go. Let me control what I can control. And just keep going. I'm not that person. I'm not going to. I try not to lose sleep over a lot of things. You know, I'm not going to wake up and change my mind. Usually my mind is my mind. It's me. And so it's like. You know, my thing is, you know, let it go and it doesn't hold you back anymore. Do you feel like acting helped you with that? Definitely. Because in acting, you don't always get the role that you want. And so you got to let it go because if you let it consume you, you're never going to get another role. And I was really, I've been disappointed a lot when I feel as though I should have gotten a role and I didn't. But it's like, I can't let that hold me back anymore. I can't let it hold me back at all. I got to. I got to persevere because there's going to be another role that I have to be ready for. But if I'm so focused on a role that I didn't get, I'm not going to be able to get the next role that's actually for me. That is true. And now you are making your own roles. Yeah. I would say the most challenging role thus far and the most rewarding role, though, has been being a parent, though. That's a different type of role, and I am not the lead. (laughs) <laughs> I am not the lead at all. I'm I'm just support. I'm, I'm supporting. <laughs> He's creating a YouTube too. What's his YouTube going to be about? It's just about like his life, playing, doing activities, friends, you know, things like that. That's it. <laughs> he definitely takes after you with a big, big energy. Got a lot of big energy and. I love that you are encouraging him to to follow that and to be that. Yeah, because he, he got to get it out. He'll be happier once he gets it out and he likes the attention. And I think that's a good thing because I think it's healthy attention. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, bad. And what is YouTube channel? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to micromanage him. 
because I saw kid performers before and it's not fun. You can't lose the fun because then you're not going to like it. You're just going to be going through the motions. What's your favorite part about being a business owner? Writing my own book. I can put pages in and pull pages out if I don't like something. You know, when I was working for someone else, I kind of was stuck to the ways that they did things. And being a business owner, I I can change whatever I want, essentially, whenever I want. And I like that. I like, I like the ability to be fluid in what I'm doing. I like the ability to be fluid. If you had one piece of advice to give someone from the theater world who's thinking about going into law, what would it be? Do it. Do it because you have what it takes and you will excel and they need you. We need you. To all performers right now living in this day and age with COVID and feeling like they lost their reason to breathe, you know, think about the different roles and the different opportunities that are out there because you can do it. Your skills are transferable. Whether it's a customer service role, whatever the role is, you can make it your own role. Because I get it. It's hard. Performing was my plan. A, B, and C. But the reality of it is I'm still performing. I'm just on a different stage. And so you got to think about it like it's not the end of the world. The world is rotating. It's evolving. The world actually never stops. You're just in a different role now. That's it. And that's what you were born to do. If anyone knows how to adapt, if anyone knows how to do a different role, it's you guys. That's what I want to say. That's perfect. Thank you so much for being here today. This is a great conversation. And I got to know a little bit more about you that I didn't realize. Yes, I told you all my business. <laughs> and I'm happy you guys are doing this because it is, it's necessary. There's definitely not enough of people having, having this conversation, talking about what it's like to leave the arts because so many people go into it. This is my plan A, B, and C, like you did. And then maybe having to make it this way. Yeah, for whatever reason, but it happens. You get out onto into the world, onto the, the world stage, and you realize that there's so much more out there than what you ever realized. It's mind-blowing. Thank you so much to Rashia Turner for joining us today on Out of the Arts Podcast. It's amazing to hear how she changed her career. As always, thank you for listening. If you like today's podcast, make sure to subscribe, share, and don't forget to join the conversation at outofthearts.com. Follow us on social media at Out of the Arts for more resources, support, and be back in places same time next week.